to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast, where we help you discover gospel clarity and openness in a new way by letting go of the culture and finding your truth while having some fun doing it. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Peck and Luann Roundy. Hey everyone, welcome back. Here we are, second episode of our Boundaries series. If you have not listened to the past, last week's episode, Fences, Walls, and Magic Underwear, <laughs> you need to, <laughs> you need to listen to that one first. Where do you come up with these names? I have a gift. You do? I have a gift. I- I'm yeah. not sure what kind of gift that is, if it's one of sarcasm and humor or one of true creating, creating something amazing. I'm, I'm teetering on that one. I think it's uh, it's it's both of those mingled with smartassery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's kind of how I am. Let's be honest. I think we all know that at that's, this point. That's what we know and love about you, Joe. Yes. <laughs> if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that to be true. Uh, so there we are. Yes, indeed. So yes, go back and listen to the first episode, uh, Boundaries, because this is kind of uh, a series that will build upon each previous episode as we go through the different aspects of boundaries and uh, kind of it's a whole learning process. So we kind of cover the basics uh, of uh, boundaries, what they are and um, why we have them and things like that in the last episode. And uh, this episode is even more exciting. We have all kinds of fantastic uh, information and uh, thought-provoking ideas to bring to you today to further your journey in boundaries and help you uh, really, you know, today we're going to talk about recognizing you know, boundaries and lack of boundaries in our own lives, understanding the things that we can uh, control to help us in setting boundaries, the things that are responsibility and that are not our responsibility. And we're going to tie in boundaries, how they apply to this life and the next life. That's very exciting. There's all kinds of cool things there that you might not realize. And so we're, uh, we're just going to jump right in, I think, and, and make this work. Yes, uh, I'm excited. I'm even excited because it's new, yeah, new ideas about the gospel and how we can tie them into boundaries. Boundaries, a lot of times, just seem like nuts and bolts type of thing where people, I don't want to talk about them, I don't worry about them, I don't want to even be aware of them. And and whenever we take it into a greater spiritual realm, because they are very mortal, I mean, there's emotional boundaries, spiritual boundaries, physical boundaries, but it's a mortal realm that we are talking about into this other eternal realm, for me, it gets way more exciting because now I'm talking about spiritual things and how boundaries affect me in all aspects. You even texted me last night how excited you I w- are. I was. I, I had this, this epiphany for a moment of, of what to talk about. So yeah, let's jump into I can't wait to hear it. Into okay. all of this. Well, I'm just going to let you go because you're right. obviously giddy I, and excited. I am kind of giddy I'm and excited. I'm not going to hold you back. Good. All right, so let's start out with some just basic things about boundaries. We, we reviewed those last week and gave a great introduction to them. But let's talk about them also relating them to the gospel. So it, throughout this, that's kind of what I want to attach them to is, okay, let's take it and relate it to an eternal principle. And and why we need them. I think if people understand why do I need boundaries, why are they important to me, um, and have an awareness of you already have boundaries, and then how I'm working with them in my life, that becomes a deeper, richer, and what you say has value in our lives. And that's what we want to bring to people in this hour. So as you're driving to work or doing cleaning the house or whatever, 
you find avoiding work (laughs) looking for something better to do exactly what's better than listening to our podcast i don't know maybe some chocolate or a bowl of popcorn or something dark chocolate that's That's me you and i agree on that one with a diet coke would be wonderful at that point all right um so boundaries define who we are and it is who i am and what is not me so I have my boundaries and they don't belong to other people. They are only mine, but they really define. So people will see me as my boundaries and they come to know me as, as part of who I am. They are interwoven in all of our lives. And even this morning, and that's the thing, like if you, if you really start to explore and become aware, you set a boundary with yourself whenever your alarm went off, Joe, did you get up or did you continue to stay in bed? I, uh, I don't use an alarm. That's one of the benefits of working from home. But uh, I, you know, I did get up when I woke up, actually, which uh, I don't know in the past here because I've been going through a bunch of stuff. And uh, today is an exciting day for both of us because uh, I have some wonderful news in my life as well. But uh, the past few weeks, I've been kind of struggling with that, like struggling with the desire to want to get up out of bed and, and like work out and go to the gym or get the day started. So I would kind of just sort of fall back to sleep, especially if I had been up late the night before, right? Um, kind of getting into some some bad sleeping habits, uh, right? And, and uh, scheduling kind of things that aren't healthy for us. You kind of fall in that when you're right. struggling. Right, when right. Struggling. and when you're yeah. struggling emotionally, it's kind of an escape and you and it's a, a coping mechanism to stay up late and then you sleep in and, you're, and sleep is an escape. And it's also, if I'm staying up late, I'm just escaping those things that I don't want to feel and whenever I'm alone in those times at night. But and that's a boundary choice of the boundary of when am I going to go to bed? The boundary of, okay, it's time to get up. Am I going to lay here in bed? Cause I'm choosing. And that's for that again is me, but realizing we have these boundaries, um, and knowing what I take responsibility for gives me freedom to be able to say, Oh, I'm choosing. But instead of saying something like, well, if that person hadn't done this to me and I was really upset about it and stayed up late last night, then I would have gotten up and blaming them. That is not taking responsibility for the boundary. And, and that's part of understanding where that freedom comes into it. And it's, it's interesting in doing therapy, people many times don't want to own their boundaries and say that it's mine. They want to say someone made me feel this way. That's not my responsibility for my emotions, but it is. They're mine. I have agency. I choose so many things during the day and those create those boundaries. Either even choosing what I'm eating for breakfast, for lunch is a boundary. What kind of clothing I wear is a boundary. Um, what music I listen to. I mean, it's just ongoing and it comes up with pretty much everything that we are. All right. And then we are responsible to ourselves and for ourselves and that, and, and we're responsible to others for, for what we, how we treat them and for how we interact and our, and if you look at it in a global way or in a connected way, I'm responsible, and it gets really deep into this one, I'm even responsible to others for what energy I'm giving. So if I'm creating within my life these negative emotions, negative energy, then I'm giving it off to others, I'm responsible for that. And, and I have it for myself, but it affects everyone else. That's like whenever someone comes in, I'm doing couples therapy, and someone has had an affair, and they say, that didn't affect anybody but me. Completely not true. Nope. Because they broke that boundary, 
whenever they made that commitment of marriage, it not only affects their spouse, it affects the person that they had the affair with, it affects their spouse, it affects their children, it affects their grandchildren, their, their posterity, because it, it will affect their family, it'll affect their job, it will affect, and it will affect them. And it's in those boundaries, it's, I'm, a, I'm responsible for me, but also to others and what I'm giving to the world. When you, uh, when you share that news with your family, for example, that, oh, my husband cheated on me, uh, that does, I mean, that, that changes the, the dynamic of everything, right? Because now the, all this negative energy, this news is within the family. The family is going to look at you differently. The family is going to definitely look at your partner who cheated differently, right? All, all of this, they're going to be watching your marriage, looking for signs of problems, right? And, and, and trying to help you through all of this. Do you stay in the marriage? Do you not? Right. There's negative energy across the board, but it sucks in everybody in your universe. Are people are going to see that you're different at work. Friends, but it's friends, coworkers. You, you're, your best friends, friends, you confide in them. Grandparents, right? you know, like your parents, aunts, uncles, like all of it. You're right. It has this really, it's like putting a pebble into. A major ripple effect, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And it continues to go out. And then the other two others is those people love and care about you. So they want to support you. And that's healthy. And that they're there to do that because that's something that they've chosen. And they want to engage and be open to those. And that's opening up themselves, which is a boundary again of I'm open and sharing and caring with those. And, and that's how it's for myself. But it's to others because I'm serving and caring and loving, which is the way that we choose to use. I guess we better not cheat on our spouses then, huh? Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. It, I wouldn't recommend it for anybody. <laughs> Hasn't brought me a whole lot of happiness and joy whenever it occurred in, in my first marriage. <laughs> no, really? No. no. Isn't that funny? Nope. That was pretty much low, bit one of the lowest spots in my life. <laughs> I would have guessed that. What do you know? Okay. Uh, well, exactly. I need to find a spouse first. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, then, and then remember not to cheat. But can you see how setting that boundary, if I yeah. make up in my mind, this is important to me and I want to be a a moral ethical person this is a boundary i've chosen that i will not break and and even if i'm unhappy in my marriage then i'll talk about it i'll communicate i'm unhappy what's going on here let's work on this then i'll never have to bring that to myself or to others and it's you know that comes to that brings to mind uh just the idea of mindset so for me, because I was sort of in that situation in, in a way in, in my marriage, because if you know the story, we had been separated physically, right? We were living in two different states, two different states for right. years, for years, and, and stayed married for many, many of those years, right? And uh, I always felt like I had a hall pass to cheat because I could have gotten away with it extremely easily, honestly, right. because of the situation. Because look at the situation. I was living in a different state. My ex and my kids were living in another state. I could have told anyone, any woman here in Arizona, that, oh, yeah, I'm divorced. You know, my, my family lives in Utah, and I, I go and visit. And, you know, my wife has a house, and I, you know, give her alimony and pay the bills, things like that. It looked like I was divorced. My situation looked like I was divorced. I could have used that mm -hmm. to to tell someone that, hey, I'm divorced and available, and I could have started a relationship here. My ex would have not known because she didn't ever come here to visit. As long as, like, when we were married, we did talk every night. Like, we called and, and chatted each night kind of thing, even though we were apart. And so as long as I called, right, she didn't know the difference, right? So, and, and you just look at that. That's For some people, that could be tremendous temptation because I literally could have gotten away with it. I don't know how 
you know, I, I would have gotten caught in, in a sense because our worlds were separated. Mm-hmm. We had that buffer of distance, but I never did. I never even thought about it. I never, I, I never was tempted to do that. And that speaks to mindset. Right. That speaks to boundaries and, and emotional healthiness. Boundaries in the mindset that I would never do Correct. that. I've already made that decision. So Correct. that's why I never even presented. Because in your mind, it is an ironclad boundary. Mm-hmm. And that's where boundaries make us free. Because now imagine if you wouldn't have had that boundary, how much time, energy that you would have devoted to. I, think about what your life would be like if I had cheated and then had to you know, cover it, it came out, had to cover up and, and lie and live with all of that lie. And just knowing that even if I got away with it, knowing like that's in my past and my history in my mind all the time. How do you face your kids if that comes out? And how do I tell someone that I want to become married to? Oh, well, whenever I was married, I cheated on my wife because that doesn't build yeah. trust in again. And can you see how that boundary brings this freedom? Because now with that freedom, I have all this other time and energy and space to be able to create other things in a positive way as opposed to a hurtful way where I'm going to hurt myself. And that's that's agency. Agency, every moment we have in these choices that I'm going to choose, how am I going to choose to use my energy? Am I going to use it to positive, to better things, or am I going to use it in a way that's going to hurt others or bring some type of negative energy or negative emotion? It was, it was tough. I, I mean, it wasn't a piece of cake, even though I had made the, that choice long ago that I would never cross that boundary under any circumstances. That was a choice I made. I knew that was important. I have enough respect for my ex. I have enough respect for people in general that I really wouldn't want to, to do that deliberately and hurt somebody like that. Nobody's perfect, but uh, for me, being married especially, that's a major commitment, and, and that is you know, one that I would step up and, and honor all the time. But it wasn't easy. Because I, my situation was I was apart from my family. I was you know, living alone in a small apartment, working two jobs seven days a week to pay two sets of bills because I was still married and support my family at the same time. I could never see my ex, mm-hmm. right? Because I didn't really, I mean, I, I spent about four weeks a year actually there with them because right. of my schedule. Right, so you couldn't actually be with your I wife. I couldn't be with her, but I couldn't be with anyone else either right. because I was and married. And that's very lonely. Completely lonely. Right. So it was a terrible situation. I was in a situation for four years. Like that's most people are like you are a patient man. Like, <laughs> like no one would ever do that, and and that's fine. But I, you know, I, I we wanted to. I, I wanted to give every opportunity to make sure that we were making the right choice. I didn't want to rush into something like divorce. I wanted to give it a chance to see if we can figure things out. And it worked out that uh, you know that that just wasn't uh, how it was going to happen. And and it's okay. And everything's fine now. And it's good. And it's it's good because. I honored those boundaries and didn't create a situation that would be disastrous for the future going forward. But it's not easy, but uh, you know, it really does come down to the choices you make, the boundaries you set, and your willingness uh, to, to adhere to those to and, and your mindset. Yeah. And you're honoring yourself at the same time. So that again goes into I'm responsible to others and for myself and which goes right along with being our brother's keeper, that if, if I'm responsible to others, that I'm going to do things not just for me because it's going to bless my life, but it's also going to bless their life. The lives of your children, again, the thing we just covered. So that, right. that covers it. Okay. Um, the boundaries help us to create a space that we are, are responsible for and that I have authority over or I choose what to let into it so if you think of like a bubble space around us that would be my boundaries some people call it their aura some people call it their bubble you can feel it whenever people get too close to you they're in your space like but within that I have superiority to choose what to let into that so let's say that I in a certain way like I'm walking down the street and someone's playing some music that I don't agree with 
I, I can just kind of put up like a shield of light and say, mm, that really doesn't, that's their choice to play that, but I just don't allow that into my space. Even though I may hear it, I don't have to absorb it. Does that make sense? You're talking about country music, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm talking about maybe foul offensive words, which seem to oh, be very pervasive. Oh. Hip-hop. Yeah. Rap music. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and it's not that I don't like hip-hop. No. It's just that there's a lot of offensive music. But again, whenever some, let's say that someone is in my friend group and they are, they are spewing something that is negative and that they are putting off a lot of negative energy, I don't have to absorb that. I don't have to let that into my space. I choose to keep the good in and the bad out. And I can say, okay, this is my space. I have superiority. That's yours. And I give it back to them because it is their negative emotion to own. It's not my responsibility. I don't need to be responsible for other people's thoughts, other people's beliefs, other people's feelings. No, you don't. And, and their choice of music or language or actions or behavior is their choice. They may not be offended by that music whatsoever, obviously, right? They, if they're listening to it, that's probably not a problem. So it's respecting their boundary to say, hey, listen, you know what? I like listening to this kind of music for whatever reason. It's my choice. choice and, right. and fine with it. If you don't like it, that's cool. But you need to respect my boundary that I'm going to listen to this music in my space and, uh, you know, you don't have the right to, to judge that. Right. And you don't. And, and it sets you free because then I'm not affected by it. It would be a harder one would be if you've had teenagers, you've probably at some time experienced where they say that they hate you. I hate you or I hate what you what the. Oh, yeah, and, that's happened. <laughs> eh, yeah. For all of us who've had teenagers at one point, at one, you know, one day, it'll come. And, and again, in your space, do you absorb that and, and say, wow, my kids hate me, I need to change? Or do you let them own that? That hate belongs to you. Now let's, let's let you work with that and observe why, where is that coming from? Typically, it's because I've set boundaries with them and they don't like it. And if you can work with them on that, you can say, oh, I understand. You hate that I have a midnight curfew for you. Let's just talk about why that is. Number one, it's the law. And that's the boundary that's set by the community and by the people who have you know, made the rules, but it's also our rule because of being safe and, and just basic needs and desires of what else are you going to do if it's past midnight? Nothing good happens after midnight. Yeah, that's not, we all know that. <laughs> but but it, what am I going to engage in? And, and, and under, helping them to understand, but if you let them own that, then you create that space to work with that. So can you see how boundaries keep me free from that? Right. Okay. Um, we all have boundaries from God, Ten Commandments, the things that are the basic ones. Then we also have the covenants that we have made, and it we make those covenants, meaning it's a it's a decision between both of us. I choose to allow that into my life, into my space, and I choose to adopt those boundaries, which Ten Commandments, mm, pretty easy. Maybe the covet one is a little bit harder than some of the other ones. Yeah, I like that one. It's, uh, it's fun to do. The covet one? <laughs> yeah, it's fun to covet your neighbor's car or... Or they're asking. You <laughs> That's so funny. That's in the Bible. You can say that because it's in the Bible. But it's just like, uh, yeah, they're probably not thinking ahead to what that might mean in the future when they, when they wrote that. But uh, they're talking about donkeys back then. But um, things have changed. It, things have changed in that way. Changed. Still, shouldn't cover anything. Right. <laughs> and, those, and those are the basic things that cover why we have boundaries. And God, again, has given us boundaries to keep us safe and healthy. And how am I going to choose to allow those into my life and how am I going to choose to follow them and there will always be a gray area which brings us into 
how it leads into eternity, that God has these boundaries and how we choose to live them is going to determine kind of where my life is going with all of my choices and the agency that I have, which if the way that we live our life is a test and a trial, so now we're going to go into LDS doctrine, is a test and a trial. The way I choose to live my life is this test, and at the end I'm going to be given or I'm going to go to a certain kingdom, and we have the three degrees of glory, which Joe will tell us what those are there. Oh, okay, sure, yes. I'm putting you on the spot. We're gonna, yeah, it's a I test. That. That's a, it really is a test dun, here. Dun, dun, okay. dun. Uh, luckily, luckily, I have the Google here to uh, to look up the answers. It's a take-home <laughs> test here. So there, you're right. In our faith, we we don't believe in necessarily a heaven and a hell, right? Like a binary kind of system, a black and white. You go to heaven, you go to hell. That's very. I'm much an a, angel or a devil. Yeah, basically, that's what it is. Exactly. It's very cut and dry. There's there's no gray area whatsoever. Um, that's not really how our, our faith views the next life, and uh, I think that's great because it's really scary to think that there's one way or the other and if you screw up here you're going to hell and that's it that that's not how it is at all uh, so when Lance talking about uh, what we refer to as kingdoms of glory um, there are there are three that we believe and there is uh, the first uh, level we'll call it uh, is a, a celestial kingdom and then the next is a telestial kingdom, and then there's a terrestrial kingdom. Yeah, so celestial, terrestrial, telestial, right. And, right. and within those three, you, you think about, okay, well, we're dividing up people for, who have lived here, who have been tested and tried, which kind of makes sense because how many things in life are really black or white? Well, it's not. No, the, the kingdoms, uh, we refer to them s- sort of as more of a gradient, right? It's not a hard line. It's not this is black, this is white, this is it. There's only two choices. There's very much gray areas in there, and they flow in between and I believe that there's opportunities to kind of progress from one to the other over Mm -hmm. time whereas you're not stuck let's say or confined to a particular place like hell or heaven even where that's where you're going to be forever and there's no way for you to progress there is kind of a fourth option which we call uh, outer darkness and that that is um, kind of a place where you're not going to progress at all and very few people will will end up there but some will from what we understand and it's basically kind of like existing in a black hole and not having light not having an ability to grow or develop you just kind of are there and I think you don't really do much you don't work or do anything you're kind of stuck there word and that would be that would be hell to be stuck forever yeah right and so this is interesting too because we talk about speaking of that we talk about damnation right and and that's such a that's such a final word people talk about damnation and being damned like it's it's a horrible sentence that we're given think about what a dam is it holds things back that's the thing right you think about a dam right a dam like a water dam right it what does it do it holds back the water to keep it in place the dam just blocks it right Mm -hmm. it's not a horrible thing it's it's not the water you know isn't being judged and and uh, condemned because it's water because there's a dam there the dam is there for purposes we, we have dams to create reservoirs for water supplies right. we have dams to create but think uh, about it it's power. a boundary and so right. whenever it is held back it's because it's a boundary that this is the consequence of here were your choices and here's the consequence that you have right. because of how you've decided and chosen to live your life. Exactly. So the next time your pastor or your priest or whomever talks about damnation, he's not condemning your soul to hellfire and brimstone. What they're really talking about, whether they know this or not, but what we believe that they're talking about is that is that your progression, your eternal progression will be damned, meaning it will be stopped 
as if a dam was stopping your progression. It's not a bad thing other than the fact that you're not going to continue to progress at that time. But that's all we're talking about. If you um, commit sin and, and make choices in your life, you will damn yourself in terms of stopping your progression, meaning that you won't grow spiritually. You won't grow um, celestially as a, you know, as, as a, at a certain level in the next uh, life, let's say, or you won't be able to accomplish more things that other people might be able to accomplish because they've made different choices. That doesn't mean that you're stuck like that even forever. It's just something that's going to, if, if you follow a certain path, you will damn or you will stop your progression. But if you choose and switch paths and follow a different path, you will open that all up and you can continue to progress. So damning in the sense of just stopping, thinking of a, of a beaver dam versus damnation where this is just it, you're done and you're going to burn in hell for, forever. Uh, it's, it kind of, that was one of the revelations I had when I joined the church uh-huh. here about the difference in doctrine. And it, honestly, doesn't that sound a lot better than... It's, kind, it's a very kind, loving God right. that just says, okay, we're going, here are your choices. But again, there's still a loving kindness that it, but it's the absence of light, which is the absence of God and, and not living with right. him but and again, returning back to our home, our eternal home. Right. And, and people, I think kind of fail to remember, you know, why we're here and, and God's perspective on us while we're here. We are here and this is a proving ground. We're here to be tested and tried. We're here to make mistakes. That's why we have the atonement, but that's how we learn. If you think every time I make a mistake, I'm going to burn in hell, you're not going to try or you're not going to do anything or you're just going to walk away from your faith and just say, screw this, I'll do whatever I want. If I'm going to hell anyway, there's no choice. Of course, I'm going to sin. Everyone sins, so we're all going to go to hell. That's not how it is. Uh, God is very, very loving and he wants to help us and bless us. And all he asks is that we lovingly respect the boundaries that he set for us because following these boundaries are going to help us to be happy and they're going to help us to grow and progress the way that he would like us to do that. And he has a plan for us uh, to progress if we choose to follow it. And they give us freedom. Okay. So we have these three degrees of glory and we are given these boundaries and we have agency and choice to be able to choose between, you know, how we're going to in those gray areas. Like let's say the boundary of eating. That's a great one. I always go back to food because it's pretty simple. We have to do it every day. We all make choices. I could choose to be perfect in my eating because I love my body and that would be the boundary. That would be the highest level. Or I can choose to say, "Mm, this tastes good. I really get, there's pleasure in eating sugar or something that's whatever it is that falls. Huh? Pasta, pasta, potato chips, whatever calls to you, and 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 that would be that gray area. But it's so it, and telling yourself, you know what, I I can't live up to because none of us can earn our perfect perfection. We can't make ourselves perfect, and I don't think that God expects us to eat perfect. It is within those realms that we try to eat healthy, and He gives us those those things to be able to choose, knowing we're never going to be perfect in it, which none of us are. You gotta have fries once in a while. Every once in a while honest. depends depends on where you like the fries from. Where you like them from? Well, I guess that's true, I suppose. In-N-Out fries are much different than... Burger King fries. Chick-fil-A. Or Five Guy fries. Or Five Guy fries. Those are pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. But they're even better. Any fry is better with with cheese and gravy. Or fry sauce. Or cheese and gravy. (laughs) That's kind Not of di- fry that's sauce. kind of disgusting. Yeah, Joe. that's exactly. Fry <laughs> sauce is disgusting. Clearly, you've never been to Canada, because poutine is. Oh boy! And here oh goes yeah. Canada. I'm here goes serious. Or you could get them, you know, at, at In and Out, where they have all that lovely stuff all over them, also. And those I, are I pretty. Is, I haven't tried that before. That way, I just have them regular there. Yeah. Not that I ever go there. 
I'm just saying. Once in a while. <laughs> once, in a, once in a blue moon, it's a treat. Okay, so so we have these things, and we and again, this is a test and a trial, but how we respect those boundaries and how we implement them really be, it shapes who we are and our desires, our behaviors, our choices, our and our values, like what we value. And that is who internally, if, if incongruent with who we are spiritually, but that's where we would want to be whenever we end up in one of those three degrees of glory. So whenever I'm setting these, I'm, these boundaries, that's really like a determination of, okay, where would I want to be and where would I fit in those three degrees of glory? If I'm the telestial, like maybe those are jobs that are given to the, the people in that level, that that's where I would fit. Same with the terrestrial and the same with the celestial. If I'm in the highest level of the celestial kingdom, that's because the boundaries that I've set for myself here would be the boundaries that I would also keep or respect within that. And you that would want would, to keep those boundaries. Because I've already lived that way. And that's where it's the test of how am I going to live because that's the way I want to live for eternity. So and I've found it and forged that. That's the choice you've made to say, yes, I want to follow these boundaries because I like the outcome. I like being in the space. Because that's want who to I am. Because that, that's who I am. And, and again, God never tells us, all of you are going to be celestial. This is my expectation. Nowhere, never, ever does he say that. He loves us where we're at. You be you, and wherever you fit into that is exactly who you are. It's the job of the culture of the church to tell you that there's only one kingdom to, to be. That and you that's, have. It's true, though. And that was my big aha moment is these boundaries are just a way of being able to say, okay, this is shaping and forming who I am. Is this really who I am? I'm being true to that and learning to be that because that's what God expects from us. He doesn't expect us to be someone that we're not. But that doesn't say, do I try to become better tomorrow? No. Do I, do I still try to improve? Do I still try well, to We're all human. My... It's our natural desire and our natural expectation to want to improve on where we are. That has nothing to do with who you are. Right. And that's exactly where we will continue to progress through eternity. We want to progress here on earth, and that will be built on in that whenever we don't have the mortal body, because the mortal body really is what we need to have boundaries, because we have opposition. The opposition is the one that pulls us away that we need the boundaries for. That's taken away whenever the millennium comes, and also whenever we have that second estate. Absolutely. If you're LDS and listening to this podcast, uh, hopefully you are feeling relieved at this point to hear this part <laughs> because let's be honest, you know, you've grown up your entire life being told that there's only one path to follow. You have to focus on the celestial kingdom. The other two kingdoms don't even matter. I've literally been told that in church meetings before that those other kingdoms don't matter. The only focus that we have, if you're a member of the church, is on the celestial kingdom. And that is destructive, for one thing, and it's false doctrine. Because just like we said, who you are will determine where you want to be. And where you want to be is not a bad thing. If you, no. if you want to be in a, another kingdom, if you want to be in the celestial kingdom or the terrestrial kingdom, for example... That, that you're going to be happy there. That's the thing that the message that the culture sends to the church is like, you won't be happy unless you're in the celestial kingdom because you're going to be with people who aren't like you, or you're going to be with these kind of people who are bad or evil or things like that. And you don't want that. You want everything God has to offer for but you. But listen to the judgment in that. Right. They're bad and evil. They're not bad or evil. They're not. That's simply who they are. And this is where we get into the boundary crossing with parents, which we're going to delve into a little bit more. They will say, I only want you to live this way. And then they get all teary eyed because I want to be 
be with you in heaven and you won't be there if you don't follow the commandments. You can see the guilt, but, the shame. But the shaming and then there, here I'm forcing you to be in this kingdom. You can't force your children to want something that doesn't fit who they are. Right. Let them be themselves. Teach them correct principles. Let them govern themselves. Teach them, love them, bear testimony, have them feel the spirit and have them feel that you know those things and it will sit with them and it will stay with them and it will impact them and they will come back to that. But don't try and shame them into, hey, if you don't live this way, I won't ever see you for eternity because that isn't a truth again and it's not something as parents that is effective because you can't set boundaries for your, again, older kids. Again, your two-year-old, I want a cookie for dinner. That's a boundary you're not going to give them. They can't eat a whole box of Oreos and then go to bed they're not going that that would be an interesting day the next day that would be interesting for both of you (laughs) but it it, but it's I'm talking more about teenagers and adult children and and the shaming or even the um, hurtful cut off you're cut off from the family because of the decisions that you made I no longer literally we're back to like orthodox Jews I rent my clothes you're dead to me I don't want to see you anymore that's not a loving kindness of allowing we're back again for myself but to others I have these boundaries but I can't make you live my boundaries that's not my choice and and that's being a boundary person absolutely and you know this is this is an issue with uh, with a lot of LDS parents as well because people for whatever reason they think well yeah you know we're married and we're active in the church and we have made temple covenants and we adhere to those, we're having children, they can't believe that their children wouldn't want the same thing. They can't believe that their children, these two people you know, who've made the same choices in life got together and made a kid, and they can't believe that this kid is somebody other than someone like them, right? They, don't, they can't believe that, and they don't want those kids to make different choices and be who they are. You know what? The celestial path might not be for your kid. You have to understand that that's a reality, that everybody has their agency. And just because you were chosen to be a steward for this child in their life, in their their mortal journey here, doesn't mean that you control and determine who they are. You have to let them be who they are and who God wants them to be. And that's why there's three kingdoms. This is what, again, I don't understand how these people can't figure this out. There's three kingdoms for a reason. Not everybody is going to want to choose a celestial path. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't think, mean you can't be in the church. I think it gets intermixed with we want what's best for our children, which is a righteous desire. I, I totally agree. I do want my children to thrive. I want them to find happiness. I want them to find joy. But again, it's re-changing our paradigm shift, refocusing into, but I can't determine what happiness is for them. We're back to Charles Schultz. Back when I was a kid, my mom loved peanuts. And I had this little book, which was Happiness as a Warm Puppy. And it has a picture of Charlie Brown hugging Snoopy on it. (laughs) And each page was about what brings happiness. Happiness is a bouquet of flowers. Happiness is a warm chocolate chip cookie. And, 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 And that's, I love Charles Schultz. He's a very, like... Bound, passionate man passionate yeah. just sweet kind sweet, loving yeah. genuine man happiness to everyone is something different and i can't determine what that will be and sometimes people need to have extremes that's how the only way they learn they really need to to have 
this down in the dumps, mm -hmm. low depression to know what happiness is. And that's why we have opposition, which was given to us by God. So the only way we can know happiness is to know the other sadness. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, it gets back to the, if the, the last episode, right? Last week's episode on boundaries, when you were talking about uh, the teenage girl going out wearing short shorts and her parents not letting her not because they, they think it's wrong and they want to control that versus letting her go and, and experience the consequences of her choice. Not that anything's bad is going to happen, but consequences are good and bad, and they're just sure. consequences. They're not all, consequences. I think it gets a bad rap. It seems like a, a bad word because people think the worst. When you say the word consequences, they think, oh, they must be bad consequences. But there's positive, there's consequences, positive consequences and negative. And there's right. neutral consequences. Nothing, nothing might happen. That's the right. consequence of going out like that. Maybe nobody says a thing you're to you. You're at ASU. You're just going to fit in with everybody else that's walking around. So, Well, you, well totally, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's for sure, <laughs> easily like that. But it's it's a matter of, of being able to let people be who they are. And again, I'm parents, you know, I understand having boundaries, but parents get caught up in these boundaries where they – you know, the, the curfew is 10 o'clock at night, which is fine when you're nine, but it's not the same when you're 17, right? Things like that, but mm -hmm. they won't change it because in this house, we go to church and in this house, we do that. And in this house, we do that. If you don't like it, you can leave all these things. And that's, that's just forcing your kid to, to make a bad choice. I think because you're, you want them to, to kind of be who they're not. You can, I think the matter, the idea is to create boundaries that work for who your child is. Don't you agree? Like Correct. And, let's, and the one about church is an interesting one. Um, as a, as a mother and father, you can have boundaries for your family that set and work for you. And that could be as a family, we go to church every Sunday. It's okay to set that boundary. We sit down and we eat dinner together, you know, as long as they're not doing an activity or something. It's okay to say that too. And to tell your kids, you, you don't eat dinner in your room. You know, if you want to go out with your friends, you need to work that around dinner at whatever time. It's okay to ask for those things because that's building your family and it's and you're asking your child to be a part of your family. But it's determining and making decisions that are not yours to make for them. They could go to church, but you can't determine for them that they have to believe in it, that they have to have a testimony of it. You can't make that happen. No, no, you can't at all. But I think people try to. And, and I, I think really the motivator behind all this, especially in the LDS church, I really can't speak for other religions. But in, in our faith, I see that people are motiva motivated by the fear of being judged by their peers in church. If your kid is not active in the church, you must have screwed up as a parent. Right. But again, that's now I have, here's my bubble, and that's someone's judgment. I choose because I have... You know, this is what I choose to let in. I have superiority in my space to be able to say, that's your opinion. That's your judgment. You keep it. I'm not allowing that into my space because that it doesn't need to affect me because it doesn't. Other people's judgment is something that they own. And that's a boundary. Again, can you see how that boundary protects me mm -hmm. from that, that good in negative out? Like, okay, you can keep and own that. Well, no, absolutely true. And um, it, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's really just a mindset uh, that way with, with, with parents. And uh, I don't know, we, we just really try to, to mold our kids into what we want them to be without thinking about who they really are. And, uh, you know, myself and, and my ex have done a good job of not being like that, I think, uh, in terms of that. Um, our kids aren't uh, necessarily uh, active in the gospel a whole lot or at various levels of it. And we've completely embraced that and we love them wholeheartedly no matter what choices they make and, and what they're doing we and our older boys are you know following their own path and living the life that they want to live and making them happy and guess what they're really happy mm -hmm. and you know they 
have made choices that are good for them. And uh, I'm not going to say I don't agree with the choices because if you make a choice that makes you happy, then that's the right choice. And I would fully support that and fully agree with that. And it doesn't matter if they're choices that are different from what you might make or would have made at that age. The, the thing is they're being who they are. They're following who they are. They're led to be who they are. Just sort of see my kids evolve as they grow up and the choices they make and where they gravitate. They were raised in, you know, an LDS home with, uh, you know, temple-worthy parents and you know, active. Uh, we went to church with the kids all the time growing up, and, and, and that whole influence was there. But then the kids just started gravitating towards making their own choices in their own lives as they grew up, as they become adults, and they're making the choices that they want to make. And you know what? Just like everything, sometimes we make a choice that doesn't make us happy, and guess what? We learn from that, and then right. we know that doesn't make me happy. And I go right back to what do we want as human beings? We want to know that we're loved, we're accepted for who we are. And, and that's from birth till we die. I just want to know I'm loved and accepted for who I am and what I bring to the world. And, and that's, and that's the non-judgment. That's just loving and accepting your kids, which your kids are harder because you have these, I've invested all of this time and energy. You're going to turn out the way that I want you to. You're going to make something of yourself. It's easier with other people to do that than it is with our own children. But that's really what they want and need from you. Do you remember when we were at, uh, at Education Week last year, and we were? Who was the guy? Um, he was the. He was in the. He was one of the big speakers towards the end, and he was. It was a later night one. He was in the gym, uh, talking about uh, everything. But he was talking about his family and how you know he said you know all my kids have you know gone on missions and gone to the temple and you know knock on wood they'll stay like that you know and things like that and that that to me was was just like. You know, you're not like your whole. You, you think that if they make the choices you want them to make, that that's means success to you, mm-hmm. and you're going to be upset if they don't. When it's like, no, you should be letting them make their own choices, whatever's happy for them. You shouldn't be disappointed that some one of your kids doesn't go on a mission or doesn't get married in the temple or whatever. But it, again, you can, and it's okay. A desire of your heart is, I can pray that my child goes on a mission. Why? Because it's a wonderful experience. It's a wonderful experience. If the kid wants it, if that's right for the if, kid. Exactly. But that's but, not the reason they pray. No, but can I pray that they would have that desire and they would be able to experience that? You bet. Right. Prayer is, is a different thing. Prayer is like my setting an intention and giving energy to it. Great. And, but just because I set that intention and give energy to it doesn't mean it's going to come to fruition. And that's... No, but, it's, it depends on God's plan. It's like praying, everyone praying and fasting for someone who is dying, right? Mm-hmm. And we're trying to... You know what? If it's God's plan for them to heal and, and live again, they will, they'll survive. If it's God's plan to, for them to pass on, because that's what it is, it doesn't matter how hard you pray. That, and let's go back to the scriptures, and we're kind of getting out of boundaries. But, uh, but it's if God hears our prayers, and whenever we don't turn to him is whenever he allows those things to happen, because he wants us to turn to him. But if you look at, like right now, uh, we have the whole... Ukraine crisis, right. people praying and fasting for that. God, God definitely hears those, and they do make a difference in that we see and hear the suffering that's going on, and we want it to end. And He wants us to turn to Him because really, He's the one that can make that happen, and He's the one that that has that plan. And whenever we do turn to Him, that's that's what He wants. He wants to say, "We realize that You are God, and that we're praying and asking." And and it does make a difference. It I, does. I, but again. He's, he isn't going to change it necessarily just because of that. There's a plan that's, that he already There's knows the beginning from the end. That's correct. And, you know, I, I, I think uh, part of the plan is, like, people have to go through this war for whatever 
reason, just like with the pandemic, uh, there's a lot of good that comes out of it. We've seen so much humanitarian efforts, so much serving, so much selflessness come out of it. People's hearts turn to helping those in need. And we have these situations, pandemics and wars and all these things, to to give us that opportunity because God needs to remind the world, hey, you need to be not selfless, selfish anymore. Right. You need to help other people and focus on that. And there's things for people to learn, experiences for people to go through, trials for people to go through in, in a war to have to maybe leave their country and move somewhere else. Maybe that's for their personal growth. But it helps to turn them to God again. It helps and, them all and turn to God. Yeah. And that's where all of this. That's where it all this. comes from. Yeah. Exactly. It's sad to see. Nobody wants to see it. People are going to die. People are going to suffer. Nobody wants that. That seems completely unfair. If there's a God, why would that ever happen? But it's a lack of knowledge and understanding of the bigger picture. But we're of back things. to opposition in all yeah, things, well, and there has to be. Yes, those, there has to be all of that, and that's too. a boundary that was set whenever the whole plan of salvation was set completely. into motion. But we digress. All right. So, here so we let's are. Go, let's hop into examples of boundaries. Okay, so let's right start on. with like the very basic one. We have a mortal body. That is a boundary. It has bone, skin, all of that. And we came here to get a mortal body to experience that boundary because nowhere else will we be able to experience it and have what comes with the blessing and mm-hmm. the trial of having a mortal body, which is pain, suffering, right. but also feeling amazing, going out and experiencing nature, going, being together, you know, having closeness and all of the things that come with this experience. La- but- Last week we talked about boundaries being fences where, with gates where you allow the good in and the bad out and keep the bad out and keep the good in. That's what your skin does. Your skin protects your body from germs and, and, uh, and viruses and diseases for the most part uh, to keep it healthy, but also allows things to come in that are necessary, air and water and mm-hmm. food and all the good things to come in. And, uh, you know, your mouth is that gate, right, when it comes to food. To food. <laughs> you have to let the, you choose whether you let the bad in or the good out. But, uh, again, it's a boundary. If you think of boundaries, again, in terms of fences and how they relate to it, you can see that that's how it is. Uh, another one is words. Right. Right. Yeah, and what's interesting is God gave God gave us this mortal body to experience that boundary in a way that we couldn't experience it in a, Bef- just a spirit before we got to this earth. Exactly, exactly. that's exactly right. right. How interesting! Right. So words are boundaries. Right, they are. They send a very clear message of what boundaries are, um, and uh, you know we've talked about this a little bit more too. But people who have poor boundaries, they struggle with saying no to the demands of others, for example, right? Oh, but, and now we just moved into the "Am I a Christian person? Oh, Can yeah. I say no to something?" Yeah. And, gonna, and, yeah. I think and we're going to talk al- about more of that in the next episode, uh, about those kinds of things. Right, about myths. But I'm yeah. I allowed to say no, and no is a wonderful boundary because I, now we've just moved into awareness, mm-hmm. I'm aware of what my limitations are, where I'm at in my life. And like right now in my life, I got a lot going on. I have children. I have a house that was destroyed in a fire. So I have, we were just talking about this insurance issues. I'm rebuilding a house. I'm having to redo everything I already redid and choose things. I work. And then I have my own stuff, my own health, my own well-being, my own needing to take care of my body and my spirit and my church responsibilities. So no is a word right now that I have to use pretty consistently, especially with new clients, because I just don't have any extra time to take them. Because, and it's a boundary to keep myself safe and healthy. And it's okay to say no. It's for self-preservation at this point in your life. And that's right? the thing. If I don't learn how to say no, I become overwhelmed and I'm no longer able to be effective in exactly. my life. Truth is another boundary that we already have that exists, and, and that's um, understanding the truth of reality, understanding the truth of uh, uh, God's truth, understanding the laws of physics, the truth of who we are. Um, you know, and, and, and we talked about being who you are, and this is very real, in, again, in the LDS culture. It's miserable living outside the boundaries of who you really are. It is, because people are 
people will force themselves to again, be, someone, said, they're be someone they're not just to please other people. They will force themselves to go to the temple. We just moved into dating. Okay, that's not fair. <laughs> you always take a pot shot at me every episode. <laughs> that's where you see it really prevalent is dating is I'm going to be who you want me to be so you'll love and accept me and I can and I can be close to someone and they are not being true to who they are. Nope, they're not. And so what I recommend is that you have... A, uh, a phone relationship with people and, and don't meet someone <laughs> for a while. Oh, the sarcasm is getting pretty thick No, no, here. no, I'm serious. It, it's, it's, if you think about it, it actually works because uh, in my, my first marriage, it was a long-distance relationship, and we didn't meet for a year before, but we had uh, talked uh, all the time, regularly. Back then, we were sending letters because it was before the Internet, but there was a constant communication, and uh, same thing. Was in, that in, by Carrier Pigeon? Yes, Carrie. Listen, I wasn't around the days of the Ark. Okay, it wasn't. I'm not that old. Let's uh, <laughs> let's think about this for a second here. We had uh, we did use quill pens, but still. Okay. Yeah, so we write letters and stay in touch and phone calls and things like that. And uh, in, in you know a more recent uh, relationship, same situation, long distance, and and do so. The 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 benefit of all that is that you can't or don't have to put on appearances because all you have is your personality and who you are when you're talking to someone over the phone because if it doesn't work out you don't really have anything to lose because it's just a long distance thing and you kind of move on and there's a lot of benefit to that and the, the benefit is that you build something amazing by by seeing who the person really Some, is without distractions of physical right, right or being Some together up into boundaries it's interesting yeah. because whenever you're creating that there is a boundary because of the geographical distance that physical things do not happen so that boundary has been set right by, exactly. Exactly. by that and, so uh, it's a different experience can you experience that dating face to face you bet just with that boundary of we're not going to cross into this you know, right. sexuality part right. of it and what and, we're going to And I've noticed respect. by, yeah, in that situ particular situation, I've noticed that you are forced to just focus on your personalities and build a relationship based on who you are. And then that will create an incredible foundation to allow you to, f to, to adhere to the boundaries of the physical side of things when you do meet, because but, you already have that respect for someone. And, and can you do that face-to-face? -face, you bet. Sure you can. Begin yeah. with... It's more tempting in different ways, for sure, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. But I'm just saying there are benefits to getting to know each other right. first it is, before you get it into isn't, that. It isn't, because you're face-to-face -face with that person, and they see you all the time right. in, in the mode that you are, whereas you don't see that person. Right. But you can still have that with the boundaries. Again, it's just all about boundaries. It's all about boundaries. Yeah, and distance, again, that. that was the next one. So we talked about that. Uh, time, um, taking time off from people as a boundary, right? Uh, um, right. And we all need, we, we do need to do that uh, in, in a lot of our, our lives, the way they think. Time, time's an interesting one. So let's kind of talk about that for a second in a, um, in a uh, spiritual sense. I'm doing this training on, uh, it's on um, Buddhist meditation, insight meditation. And in one of them, they talked about time and why is it that we have time here on the earth? And this also kind of goes into A Course in Miracles. It, it, both of them talk about it. That time is something that God gave us to create this space of a little bit of urgency because if we didn't have time, we wouldn't necessarily move in and have a motivation to do things. So just imagine that if you had a project but you had eternity and there was no time to do it, would I feel a sense of urgency? No. No. 
because there's no time. So he gave it to us to be able to learn how to work efficiently within this time that we've been given a linear existence of beginning and end to be able to accomplish things that we feel driven as our spiritual being and who we're becoming in that sense of time. So it's important that we honor those boundaries that were given because he's the one who created time for us. Didn't right. wasn't just invented by you know, father I think time. Newton did time. Didn't he invent time? Or was it Einstein? I can't no, remember. No, it goes all the way back to the Aztecs whenever yeah. they had oh, those calendars. Like those we're talking guys. way, way back there. Right. Wow. This idea nice. of the beginning, right, beginning like of the beginning people. But he gave us this time that, that now I understand, okay, I have a purpose and I need to keep it within the bounds of this time that the Lord has set for me that it's, that it helps me to learn to, to respect and be effective in what I've been given. Absolutely. No, that's, that's true. It's a very interesting concept for sure. And time will not exist after this earth. It's Correct. really only for the, the time the way we know it. But can you see how we've learned to work because yeah. of time and how that will bless us for eternity because our work and glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man because that's God's work and we work in that same way. But I've now understand time to be able to use that in the lack of time. And again, this whole purpose of everything here on this earth is for us to learn and understand and we're kind of doing an apprenticeship right now to be able to have the skills we need for our further progression in the next life very interesting stuff other people are another form of boundaries we mm -hmm. do need people in our lives for relationships we do need to get input and to learn from people but uh, also the other side of it is people will stay in bad relationships uh, because a bad one is wor better than no Nothing. relationship at all. Yeah, right. Other people relationships the, You're gonna learn a lot of boundaries because of that. Who am I? Where do I begin and end that we both need to be separate entities and yet we come together and we can have this synergistic experience through combining and and again a boundary is actually to be open when I choose to open my heart that is a boundary that I've taken and said here I'm completely open and vulnerable about things that I'm willing to share with you People who overshare at the beginning don't have boundaries because that is not something that is appropriate within that level of that relationship. We And that would be good to maybe talk about boundaries later just in relationships. But it's learning where those boundaries are, where they're safe and healthy, respecting those from others. And everyone has a little bit different boundary in the relationships that you have and what, that, what it is to be effective in that. They do. Some are healthy and some are not. Truth is another one. Let's talk about that for a oh, second. Yeah, go ahead. That one's kind of, we were going back. Truth is an important boundary. And that's like you were talking about. You lived here and you had chosen not to lie, that you would be truthful and honest with your spouse through all of that. And that, um, that I'll be honest in all my dealings with men provides this freedom to me because if I have that boundary, I never have to make up all of it. It takes a lot of energy to cover up lies and to yeah. remember them and to yeah. continue. I'm glad I don't know what right. it takes I, to do that like I'm that's not that person, but it does. Yeah. I haven't struggled with, but it does. I've watched people and it takes immense energy and focus to be able to continue to keep those mm -hmm. things that they weren't honest and truthful about. So it's a freedom within that boundary. If I'm simply honest, I never have to worry about those. It is. And I think uh, maybe it was the last episode we talked about what I've learned um, myself from, from my uh, relationships uh, about being honest and, uh, you know, being honest and transparent right up front and giving the person the option to choose if they want to continue in the relationship or not based mm -hmm. on you being honest but le letting them have that choice Ooh. versus not being honest with them to protect them right and that's an interesting one in boundaries in relationships whenever they end 
like in divorces, it's really difficult to now establish new boundaries because you have had different ones within that relationship for so long. Now, what are those boundaries? They have to be reestablished as a divorced co-parenting, usually couple within what's healthy and effective. And that typically needs therapy because it's hard and to establish those boundaries. But even in dating, if you've dated someone for a long time, it's difficult to have those new boundaries of not calling up each other, not sharing those things. But again, it's effective in that's what where we're at within this relationship and understanding what that yeah, is. Well, exactly. And it's, I think it is really tough to set those boundaries. I know a lot of people who, I don't know how they do it, and they try to set boundaries and they struggle because the other person won't set boundaries. There's a lot of really bad blood between them, right? It's hard, and that's, hard to do. And that's where, again, you have to have solid boundaries yep. sometimes with it, yep. within that. It is, and uh, that's the thing. If people won't respect the boundaries, that's where we talk about building the wall, right? That's Correct. Uh, and, and again, that wall, sometimes the wall can be taken down after the, mm-hmm. the thing has been. But even think about like farms or places where they put walls up to keep, you know, farm Ranches. animals in or because they are, they're just more of a permanent thing, but it still can be taken down at some Well, animals some point are always going to need fences, right? They're not going to evolve to the point where it's like, Hey, we don't need fences. Cause we understand if I wander off out of the pasture into traffic, right. I'm going to die. Like, gonna they don't die. get that. They don't, so because they, they, they will always need those boundaries, but they're for their, for their protection. Right. Of course, just like all boundaries are for our protection. Okay. <clears throat> the last one is consequences. Uh, all behavior has cons- consequences, good and bad, like we talked about. Um, they act as boundaries because you know what will happen when you take certain actions. Right. right. And oh, this is, this is what's interesting too. Getting back to our fence metaphor, if I can build this picture in your mind, consider consequences, the barbs, to the fence. If you think of like a barbed wire fence, mm-hmm. the little actual barbs that you Which get caught growing on. up, we grew up on an, I grew up on an acre and a third. We had a barbed wire fence around mm, our sure. acre and a third, right? Did Those you ever barbs. question that? Did you ever wonder why? Oh, Did no, ever... but when you climb over it, they hurt a lot whenever yeah, you, exactly. yeah. That's the consequence. Mm-hmm. So consequences are like the barbed wire on your fence if we want to build into our fence metaphor that we've been talking about. So picture it that way, and, and that will kind of help you with that. Okay, so there's uh, some other... And, oh, and I just want to add into that. Yeah. Consequences would be, that's the telestial, terrestrial, celestial. It's a, And the thing is, consequences can be positive or negative. There is no really positive or negative to that. It's a neutral consequence because, again, where I'm going in that kingdom is the consequence to whatever I have learned to have my boundaries here within this realm that's where I would want to be based upon how I love God and the, and the boundaries that he's given me. And what I've chosen to live within that would fit where I would go with, within those well, kingdoms. Exactly. And that's, that's again, another, um, I think there's a paradigm shift in, in mindset that needs to happen within the culture of the church. Because everyone assumes if you're not going to the social kingdom, you didn't make it, quote unquote. And so you are going to be in a lesser, quote unquote. Right. Right? They actually call these lesser kingdoms, and they're not. They're, they're equal in their own right because everybody who is there is happy for their own reasons, and they want to be there. You're not, if you are, don't want to live a celestial life, if you don't want to go to the temple and make those covenants, that's basically the foundation of living a celestial life in our church, is you go to the temple and you make certain covenants with God, and you adhere to those covenants. And they're very strict. I want to say strict. They're, there are covenants that most people wouldn't make because they're they're very much uh, a lot of sacrifice. And, and we make them because we believe in them and we love God and we want to make those choices. But you're kind of made to feel if you're not willing to live that lifestyle, then you are basically settling for a lesser kingdom. And we're really sad for you. Like that is the attitude of the culture of the church because they, they look at it in terms of fear. They look at it in terms of, of, um, of uh, scarcity. As opposed to abundance. Right. And then there's three degrees of glory. Maybe there's more glory in it. It's a lesser one in that there's a lesser glory it's to it. It's still glory. 
Exactly. But it's the glory you want. Exactly. And it's that's, a glory that's going to make you happy. People are not going to be, I don't think people are going to be living in one of the kingdoms saying, wow. I really screwed up. I blew it. I had, I had my chance on earth and I didn't do this. So now I'm stuck here with all these people who are bad. I hate it. That's not what's going to happen. And again, they can progress within. They can progress from there anyway. Right. If they and we don't understand to. all that. But again, it's a lesser degree of glory. And if that's where I fit within that, perfect. Well, that's the, the thing is, if you don't want to live the celestial law here on earth, you're not going to be happy going to the celestial kingdom later. Because that wouldn't be freedom to you no. because those aren't the boundaries that you've learned to respect and have within you. They're not your the boundaries you've chosen exactly. and they're not the boundaries you want to keep. And everybody who's in that kingdom has chosen to keep those boundaries. They want to be there because those are the boundaries that they want to live by, their life by. If you don't, you're not going to be happy there. So don't buy into the crap that you, the only way to be happy is to be in the celestial kingdom. It's not happiness for you if that's not the boundaries that you want to choose for your life. Right. And because I somebody tell the culture this because they're not getting it. They don't get it. I can't, <laughs> I can't it. choose for you. No, you can't choose for me. But that's exactly what happens the in the culture. They will choose for you. They will tell you, hey, listen, there's only one path to follow. If you want to be happy, this is what God wants for you and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So we want to end on um, just a few other things uh, that are, th these are our responsibilities. These are, these are things about every human being that we are responsible for, that we have to take ownership for, which is great because we can control them. Yep. And these particular things are very critical to helping us to make boundaries. This is what we rely on for us to make boundaries. So if they're healthy and we control these particular attributes about ourselves, that's where we're going to set healthy and, boundaries. And I wouldn't say control, but I have some ability to work with them. Like my feelings, I can't control my feelings, but I do choose what I do with the feeling when it presents. Am I aware of it? Do I listen to it? Do I let it move okay, me? Maybe that's taking ownership of your It's Right. Feelings. I do have that. You I do control whether I say this is my feeling or I want to blame it on you. That's correct. But whenever they present my feelings, they're simply telling me something. I listen to them. And feelings are connected to a spiritual part. So within my boundaries, if I allow those in and I'm mindfully aware of them, that's where I'm connected to the spirit within my mind, body, spirit and have that fullness and that joy and that happiness. Right. So feelings is an attribute that we are responsible for within ourselves. No one else is, re is responsible for our feelings, no. right? At all. That's it. Right. Can you see that's where the boundary is? That's no one else is. is responsible. They're, They're mine. Not. They're ours. But also feelings. Can you see that our feelings also play into what boundaries we set for ourselves, right? They're, they're, Correct. they're a big role in the motivation and in the behavior uh, in setting boundaries because they come from the heart and they can help us to gauge the state of our own relationships. Right. So if someone hurts me and I feel that hurt deeply, I'm going to set a boundary with them and say, that really hurt me. Could you please not do it again? And we're going to get into boundary setting in a later Episodes. podcast. But that's yeah. exactly it. Exactly right. Okay. okay. Uh, attitude and beliefs. That's another one. Um, uh, how, so we have to own these as well because they, they fall within our property line. This is, the again, the metaphor that we're using, right? Property is boundaries. If you own property, it's very clear where the boundaries are. It's called a property line, right? You mm -hmm. know where your property ends and where your neighbor's starts. And that causes wars between neighbors, right? If you build a fence two feet onto his property or something like that, or if your tree, you know, is hanging it's next to the fence and it's, you know, all the crap is falling in his yard, that's a problem, right? Correct. So, very, so these are these are property lines, right? So um, and my attitudes and beliefs again. It's back to ownership. Right. These are my attitudes and beliefs. Many times people want to blame their parents. They're the ones who taught me this. It's their fault. No, I choose whether to have that attitude and belief. I also choose what do what do I have faith in? Like, if you really want to look at where are my beliefs in, do I believe in God? That's my choice. Do I believe that there is a God? Do I believe that He lives? Do I believe that the Savior came to the earth? 
do I, and then how does that affect my attitude and how I see the world, which again leads into all of the other, my, my beliefs lead into my choices, my behaviors and who it shapes me, who I am. And, and my attitudes and beliefs though are mine to own. And I have boundaries that I stay within the things that I really do believe in, in my belief system. As long as I can stay within that, I'm being true to myself. Absolutely. Um, hundred percent. People who have boundary issues usually have a distorted attitude about responsibility. Right. They would say it's someone else's fault. Exactly. And like you said, all this starts at a young age. And again, if I want to teach my children to own that it is my choice to do this and this is my attitude that I have developed, that I've got to let them have that attitude and choose to develop it and say that is yours and not try to control it. And that's why letting them have their boundaries is so important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, that leads into behaviors. What do I choose? What What are my behaviors? I choose today. Where is my focus? Where do I focus my energy, my time, my effort into what behaviors that shape who I am? We weep, reap what we sow, right? Yep. That's you know, kind of, if you want to talk biblical, that's, uh, that's what it says. But it's true. All behaviors have consequences. But that's important because without consequences, we're not going to learn from our behavior, right? We're not. And I know, I think, I think that, again, getting back to what we talked about with parents, parents remove consequences. consequences. They do. And that's, I know it's, it's out of love, but it's, it's very nearsighted, I think, because you're not seeing the long-term effect on your own child, right, where they're not going to have consequences. They're going to think that nobody's going to hold them to any, there's no consequences for their actions ever if you take those consequences away. Not what we recommend on this podcast. <laughs> not at all. Choices. How about choices? Choice will never be taken away because that's our agency. That's what we right. came here to the earth to experience. We'll always have that. Even and that's God's boundary. That's interesting. Yes, God's boundary. Interesting. Remember, he has boundaries and he will always respect them. Here is your agency. I will not take that away from you. So that's, I think, one big answer to why does God let bad things happen on earth? Like if there was a God, why agency. would this happen? Why would mm-hmm. that happen? Because people have choice. That is the one thing we fought for. Again, if you remember the war in heaven, I don't know if you remember. <laughs> Nobody remembers because there's a veil on our mind. But you were there, believe it or not, you were there, you voted, you chose. If you're on this earth now or at any time in the history of the earth or will be on the earth, you chose to follow God's plan, which was a plan of agency, and you rejected Satan's plan, which was a plan of compulsion right? Where we had no choice. We were compulsed to follow whatever plan he had. Again, not unlike what the culture of the church tells us. There's only one plan. You got to follow the celestial path if you want to be happy. No choice. You got to do this. Ironic, but that's what's going on with the culture of the church. We chose a plan of agency because we felt that was the right plan for us and we wanted to do that. So that's why we were given our second estate, which means coming to earth, getting a body, and being able to make choices, there will always be agency. Now, what's interesting is the adversary always, always has wanted to destroy agency, right? He wanted his plan with no agency. And to this day, and for till the end of this world kind of thing, he will be actively trying to destroy agency. That'll be another uh, episode on agency. We'll talk uh, about that. It's very interesting to me to see how he is destroying agency on the earth right now and it's probably not how you think but it's very very clever and it's very um subtle very subtle oh it's unbelievable people it's so subtle people are actually buying into it because they think it's the right thing to do it's really really interesting, interesting. very interesting we'll talk about that uh, when we do the agency uh, series i think that'll be a, that'll a be series as well one. yeah that'll be a good one so getting back to choice we all uh, have to take responsibilities for our choice otherwise there's a self-control problem 
And a common boundary problem is uh, is kind of, uh, let's see, I can't read my own writing here, is uh, disowning our choices and laying the responsibility on, on somebody, somebody else. else. Yes, right. that happens all the time. And people make excuses for that. I had to, or he made me do it. You were talking about that earlier in the podcast. Right. right. That's again, the responsibility that I'm, I have this choice and, and you can't say, well, my parents make me do. No, you still choose what you're going to do. Right. It's th- th- not putting it off on someone else. Right. Um, yeah. My, and let's move into values. So boundaries are, what do I value? And people would say, well, my values just kind of come from who I am innately. No, my values also determine boundaries because what I choose to value is where I put my time, energy, effort, and focus. Am I choosing to focus on eternal things? Am I choosing to focus on things that are more a mortal thing? And it, it goes to the scriptures that moth and rust doth corrupt. Am I choosing to put my time, energy, and focus on things that make me look good, that make um, that I want to own or have, the I, me, mine? Or do I really put my focus on eternal things of giving, sharing, supporting, loving, and connecting to others? Because the only thing we take with us are connections and what we have developed within relationships. Our memories, our experiences, yes. right? All this, our feelings, all that stuff does come with us to the next life. And so we'll remember our, the, our memories, right? All the things that we did on this uh, earth, we will remember that. Um, so yeah, no, that's very important. Um, and uh, uh, limits is the, uh, not the last one, but limits is the next one. Uh, there's um, basically creating better boundaries requires two things. It's kind of what we come up with. Setting limits on others, right? Which, which what that means is we set limits on our exposure to people who are not healthy Correct. for us. It's not healthy to set unhealthy boundaries with others and, and turn people away or whatever, but unless they're unhealthy, but it's setting that exposure so that we control how much exposure we have to other people. If someone is very healthy for us, we choose we, we, to, to be around them more. I was going to say some, we expose okay ourselves to, more to them, but it's that's okay to set a boundary. I choose not to spend a lot of time with you because whenever I do whatever you hurt me or I don't feel comfortable when I'm with you. Right. It's okay to say that there's, it is. You have to set that boundary. People are afraid to hurt other people's feelings. And they won't do that. And they'll actually put up with that kind of crap, right? Instead of setting a boundary and because they're afraid of hurting other people's feelings, feelings. but that's not your choice. That's their choice. If they're going to react in a way that they're going to be offended by your boundary, you don't need that person in your life that much, really, right? You kind of so you have to be able to do that, and then setting our. And this is interesting too. Setting our own internal limits. Right. So that's the balance within my life. Boundaries within myself is how do I balance my mental, physical, spiritual, emotional with those limits, and that's a boundary. So how much time do I devote each day to my physical well-being, my emotional well-being, my mental well-being, and my spiritual well-being? And having a balance with that in my life is important for us to be happy and successful and free and find joy. And God gave us, again, all of this time to figure that out, and it's up to us how to set those boundaries. Absolutely. Talents, that's another uh, thing we all possess and uh, directly uh, work towards uh, creating and, and setting boundaries. Um, our talents are, are within our own boundaries, uh, and, and but it takes ownership of our talents. But right? who gave Which us is, our talents? Well, God gave us exactly. our talents, Exactly, so what do I choose to use my talents for, myself right. or for God? There's well, so, the boundary. It is, well, exactly, that's true. And also, do I even choose to acknowledge my talents and develop them? Do I even choose to put myself out there and use my talents knowing that maybe I'll get hurt. It's knowing scary. that people Well, it is scary because the more I put myself out there, the more people push against me. Right. And it's not fun. 
No, and that discourages people from from using, using their, talents. their talents. But uh, you know, if you're familiar with the parable of the talents from the scriptures, where uh, you know. Uh, a wealthy landowner was going on a long voyage, and he gave three people uh, assets, basically talents, talents or money, to to, and he asked them while he was gone to invest those talents uh, which to use is, them how they would, right? Right, gave but, them the free agency and the choice. Yeah, of course, he could, they could, but he wanted them to invest them and uh, and do something with them to increase the talents while they're there. Two of them did that, and they doubled their money. The third guy was so afraid of losing the money that he buried, well, he buried it. But I mean, basically, that just means you don't do anything with it. If we're talking money versus something physical, uh, uh, you know, you actually have money. He just kept it where it was and didn't do anything with it. And then the, the owner came back and. Uh, praised the other two for, uh, for for what they did and the results they got, and they chastised the one guy who didn't do anything with it. And th- w- here's what's interesting. He didn't chastise that guy out of, because the guy was afraid to do something. He told him, listen, hey, I was afraid to lose your money, so I didn't do anything with it. He didn't get mad at him because the guy had fear. We all have fear. He got mad at him because the guy didn't really do anything about it. He didn't try. But again, he was... He was moved out of fear, the emotion. We're back to that feeling, as opposed to moving into faith that right. here I have faith that I can do these things, that I've been given these talents, and that's what the Lord's blessed me with, no matter what it brings to me. And and if you look at all of the prophets who have these spiritual talents, many of them were martyred, and that was what they got in the end, but they were still living what the Lord asked them to do and using their talents to their full ability. It is, and we all have talents. Whatever your talent is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to make you famous and rich. Your talent could be anything. We talked about this in a, in a previous episode, but uh, the point is figure out what your talents are, and we're all going to be afraid. We're all afraid to pursue things. I mean, this podcast uh, was... Uh, was a big step for us and it was scary to get going a little bit and it takes effort and time and we don't know how people are going to react and if people want to hear what we have to say but we have talents uh, in terms of our knowledge and understanding of certain topics and our desire to share that with people you were afraid of doing the podcast because you're more introverted but you saw this as an opportunity instead for you to come out of your shell and, and, and face that fear, but actually do it even though there was fear, right? Right. And, uh, and so it's, um, the, the fear isn't what should hold you back. It has nothing to do with, uh, with talents at all. Just overcome that and, and move past that. Okay, a um, couple more thoughts. Um, this is interesting because thoughts are directly tied to setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. We must own our thoughts, um, and, right? And, and well, and owning my thoughts, too, are realizing that a thought is just a thought. It is not who I am there's the boundary right the thoughts come and go but it does not determine who i am and if i can set that boundary thoughts will shift and change into a whole different realm for you and 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 also just being aware of our thoughts and am i entertaining a thought that is destructive or constructive and where is that thought taking me and and what energy what action am i going to take because of that right what choice am i going to make exactly and that um reminds me of course of of the culture and the way that the culture grooms people to not think for themselves, to be honest, because they're being spoon-fed. People are programmed to want to be spoon-fed the gospel. But do you need, see how that's a boundary I set? I go to church and I go, oh, okay, that's your thought. You own that. Right. I have my own. That, and the boundary sets me free from that. Right, but most people, in, you know, they were affected by the culture of the church, will 
not realize that they'll think, oh, I need to just do whatever I'm being told because that means I'm obedient to God. And obviously these are leaderships and leaders in God's church and he wants them to give us a message. So we just have to do what they say, not question it, not think for myself. A lot of people are stuck in that paradigm mm-hmm. and they're, honestly, they're not happy, but they don't feel like they have a choice because there's a fear there they don't that understand. they can't push back, but they don't understand boundaries. Right. So I hope they're listening. That would be cool. <laughs> they were because we want you to do this. I mean, that's, you know, we, 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 you know, we push back on the culture of the church, but there's a lot of destruction in the culture of the church that holds people back from their own progression and even keeps people from, from actually living the gospel, which is horrible. That's not what it was meant to be. And so just be aware of that. Just, you know, hey, my, you know, automatically listening to what people say and doing what they say without thinking, or should I really, you know, engage my own thoughts mm-hmm. and, and think about that and make choices and set boundaries based on all of that. Um, again, with thoughts, we grow in knowledge and we expand our minds. That's a commandment, right? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we've got the Google. There's knowledge out there at our fingertips. I wouldn't know if I'd call Google pure knowledge. <laughs> but if it's on the internet, it's true. That's yeah. a, that's a common uh, that's a common understanding out there in the general population. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's access to information better than there ever was in the history of the world. If you can think about it, no one's oh, ever had amazing. access to information like we do on this earth. And what do we spend our time on? Memes and Snapchat <laughs> and Facebook, TikTok instead. Yeah, and TikTok. I know, but. Um, we, we use your thoughts and, and learn. That's the idea there. And then um, also there's uh, talked about uh, clarifying distorted thinking, right? Right. Um, and again, that's being aware of my thoughts. Is it truth? And am I going to entertain it or am I going to let it go? And, and is it distorted because of my paradigm or am I really looking at where's the fact, where's the truth? And that dispels that within mm-hmm. it, having mm-hmm. that boundary. Exactly. Our, ba- our, excuse me, our desires lie within our boundaries. And that's, I think, the struggle with natural man versus spiritual man. Exactly. Right. I go back to Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot and his wife. Lot's desire was to leave. His wife's was to turn back to, some, to Sodom and Gomorrah, and that's when she turned into a pillar of salt, obviously, Old Testament figurative. We yeah. don't understand exactly what that, what that is. Means, yeah. But whenever I turn back to those old desires that are not healthy for me, then it is a boundary. Uh, it, she, Lot set the boundary. You know what? It was great fun in Sodom and Gomorrah, but I don't want to be a part of that anymore. Here's my boundary. I'm leaving. She couldn't set that boundary. And look what happened with her desire. Yeah. Led her back to that. Well, it is. We have to own our desires. And what's interesting, we, we really need to let God show us what our true desires are. And that, and that would be even the desires of our heart. If you really open up and are in tune with the desires of your heart, meaning your spirit, they will not lead you astray because those are pure spiritual desires. And if you can weed out or peel off the layers into that, those are not going to lead you astray because no. those are very pure and very spiritually focused. It's true. And I, th- you know, I think we forget the fact that God is very interested in our desires because he gave them to us. Yes. And he wants us to, to, he, really to have the those. desires he of our heart. Desires, he yeah. wants to bless us with those, right. but we need to live in accordance with what those desires are. So that one's really coming into this focus of purity and clarity that will bring us to that boundary of, right. of keeping ourselves. And we need in. to pursue our desires because that's going to lead to fulfillment yep. in our lives. And that's the whole reason that we have them. But if we end up focusing on the wrong desires, that's going to lead us to uh, unhappiness and addiction and all these different things. And that's why we need to kind of let God in and guide us a little bit and say, you know, here's, you know, maybe this is you know the right desire you should be thinking about and because this is what's going to make you happy. And lastly, love. Oh, the big one. The big one. The boundary uh, and the boundary of 
love that. Do I let people in and I allow them to love me? Do I allow God to love me or am I shame blocking me? Am I blocked off from it? Because that's a boundary I've set. I can move that and, but no one else can. How am I yeah. going to give love? Am I willing to give love even though I may become hurt? Am I willing to receive love? And, and where are my boundaries with, with that? And it's interesting to gain an awareness of that and how that's working in my life. If you're over 40 and dating, you know exactly what we're talking about with that. Are you right? speaking about yourself? No. Oh, okay. No, I'm not over I 40. I think, but everyone you know knows what we're talking 40. about. Everyone's been hurt, <laughs> and everyone knows that I've loved someone and they've hurt me. And and it, it, this natural man goes into the midbrain. You know, I don't want to get hurt again. I want to protect myself, so I'm going to close myself off to love, and it never. No, it doesn't. No, I, no there, there's so many people, and most of them are women because they've been in narcissistic relationships with men who are horrible people. Uh, it goes both ways as well. Sure. But um, and I think there's a lot more women that are uh, really broken emotionally need to heal because of this. And they've been hurt, and they've been hurt really, really bad. And they put these walls up around their heart to protect themselves, which is perfectly normal. But you can't allow love into your heart anymore if there's a wall there so let's set a boundary and make it a fence so you can let love in but it's still going to keep the bad out and that's uh, that's kind of what really needs to happen but i, I mean i'm not discounting and how difficult in, it is and even in that right? one the forgiveness brings that when someone has hurt me i can forgive them and the love can flow again because cutting off love from people that have even sinned against me or hurt me is not a Christ-like attribute or not something that is in keeping with being connected that I still can love them. Doesn't mean I agree with their behavior. Right, not at all. And that allows us when our children make mistakes to still love them even though I don't agree with what they may have chosen. Exactly. Well, no, the example I use is that you can forgive your uncle for molesting your kids but you don't let him babysit again right <laughs> but you still can love him and because yeah. there's some level of empathy that wow something really is messed up that he would make that choice and, and right. that he can heal but forgiveness that. does not mean that it didn't it, happen and he doesn't have a problem correct. and it's I, then i have to let you babysit again or i have to let you in my life again or i have to let you do this or do that no forgiveness is just uh, you know just letting go of that debt that somebody owes you, so you're freeing yourself and you're to, moving love. On, to love, and, and to that's be it. Loved. It has nothing to do with them. They still, there's still justice. You know, forgiveness can be mercy, but then the other side of that coin is justice, justice. where they still have to account for their choices and be punished or whatever the case is. And the that's consequences, up to God. and that's up to God for sure. Right. But you still have to be smart. You have, you know, the obligation and the right to protect yourself and your family from you can still forgive people who hurt you but you still but have the right to the protect boundary. yourself that's the boundary exactly. that's what it's all about well what a great idea we should do a podcast episode on boundaries yeah, that's well, a great you know. idea let's think about that <laughs> <laughs> so there we are kids what do you think uh well, that getting, was a lot it was a lot holy moly you may want to listen to this one twice and share it with a friend so you can uh, talk about it because there's a lot of, in this one that uh we need to go through and we don't want to explode your brain so uh, a little bit over time, but it was worth it. Great, uh, great talking points here, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. We'll be moving on to the next uh, part of the boundaries discussion here where we talk a little bit more. I don't know. We're going to be talking about boundary problems and things like that. And myths, myths. That we buy into. Myths we buy believe. into. All these things. All building this foundation to help you guys really understand boundaries and then be able to set healthy 
normal boundaries in your life to make you and your loved ones happy. And that's what it's all about. So we really hope that we're on the road to that uh, for all of our sake. I mean, we're learning here as we go, right? We're, <laughs> we are not experts on this at all, but we, every, every human being needs to set boundaries. And it's important to understand how they are and what they are, because I think there's a lot of confusion as we've talked about. You may have recognized some uh, traits in yourself as we've been talking today about certain behaviors you're doing that you're trying to set boundaries, but it's not working. Uh, and hopefully this is uh, giving you some insights on how you can change and, and do that. And if you're setting boundaries that are working, congratulations. That's wonderful. Let's hear about it. Give us your feedback and, uh, and let it us is, know. Yeah. yeah, let us know what's working. We'd love to give you a shout out uh, on the podcast. So uh, that's it. Until the next episode, uh, we will see you soon. In the meantime, keep faith and keep your stick in the ice. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Amazon Prime, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. 